Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Attention homeowners, due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st. As the year 2023 starts, customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations. So what does this mean for you, the customer? There's no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be turned down. With their 15-year parts and labor warranty plus guaranteed financing, they have made it possible for anyone to get a new system. Call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow. But you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500. AAA Heating and Air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new HVAC unit, but you have to call today. 803-677-1500. And tell them you heard about this deal on 107.5 The Game's Gamecock Central Podcast. AAA Air when you need us. AAA Heating and Air. 
It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while. We're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And JJ has accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome. Uh, the Reese's Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 into like a 210 range. Uh, a dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. The game. A minute after 11 o'clock on a Monday morning, and welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris, here with you in the Herndon Chevy Studios of 107.5 The Game. South Carolina, 56 to 20 winners over Charlotte, a game that was way closer than expected early, and I think even by the time it ended, was a little more lopsided than people expected. We played a, a little game of what number will surprise you on Friday? And I think Wes and I kind of landed on if Carolina scores in the 50s, it'll be a surprising result. And they did. They did. It was a late touchdown. Luke Doty to Corey Rucker in his first game as a Gamecock. Like one of the first snaps he even played, he, uh, he scored a long touchdown there. So South Carolina uh, did what they needed to do against Charlotte. And we'll dig into a little bit more about what that means from the offense. Uh, and again, the, the, disp- the interesting disparity between the numbers that the defense didn't allow, and some of the eye tests, especially early in that game. But first, I want to give you guys a chance to win some money. It's time for your chance to win $100 and qualify for the $25,000 grand prize in our $25,000 signing bonus contest. Just text the following national keyword to 95819. Your national keyword to text is... Spend. S-P-E-N-D. You can spend some money that we give you just for texting SPEND, S-P-E-N-D, right now. Text that national keyword to 95819. Standard text messaging rates may apply. Please don't text and drive. The $25,000 signing bonus contest on 107.5 The Game. Chris, what'd you think? <laughs> I love I love just the instant. So <laughs> I, I, can, I think kind of how you opened it is... What I thought, like it was a mix of some of what we thought and some of maybe, like, obviously I did not. I think I picked 38 to 20 uh, mm-hmm. was, so the defensive performance played out kind of how I thought it would. Okay. Where I expected uh, Charlotte to go up and down the field a little bit, score maybe a couple early touchdowns or grab a late touchdown, um, but ultimately sputter out and, and kind of get overwhelmed. Uh, I think I expected Chris Reynolds to play well and, and do some things that showed that he's a six-year guy who's very savvy, could throw from some different arm angles um, and, and buy some time and make some plays, and we saw that, right? Um, there may be a couple of defensive things in there that, you know, maybe not quite as good as I anticipated, and then offensively uh, better than I thought it would be. Uh, I kind of leaned a little bit more conservative and picking how this game would go offensively just because it's a little bit more in, you know, prove it mode. You got to go out there and do it. Yeah, Charlotte's Mm -hmm. very bad defensively. Um, South Carolina on paper should have been able to overwhelm them, and and that is how it ended up playing out. So I thought, uh, I know you guys were making the point last hour before we got here that Carolina kept it simple offensively, which I actually had as kind of a game key. Don't Mm -hmm. do too much. Line up, run the ball, keep it simple. Mm -hmm. And that's what we saw. They ran a couple... Pretty much ran counter and inside zone, didn't throw the ball down the field a lot, kept it simple, and 
they're able to overwhelm Charlotte as they should have. Well, thanks for listening, Chris. I appreciate sure. that. Yeah. Uh, Wes, I know you were listening because uh, it looks like uh, not long after I mentioned Christian Beal Smith making two awesome blocks down the field, like very quietly, a really good game. You tweeted it out. Didn't give me credit, but that's okay. Um, but I know you were listening earlier. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, what did you think about the game Saturday? Yeah, like Chris, I mean, I, I think in, in some ways it played out the way we thought. I, uh, you know, I'll say this, though. We went in kind of saying, all right, is the offense going to be able to execute um, even against uh, what is a defense that has been very, very bad? And um, they obviously did. And I, I think, um, you know, I don't, after we've kind of like bagged on the offense for a quarter of the season. Deservedly so. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying it's not deserved, but if we're going to do that, I, I think we need to give them some credit for going out and executing. And the offense, uh, you know, at least when the first team was in there, they scored every single time they had the football. And, Ty Kroger did not take the field. Um, you know, so I, I think uh, I think that's worth uh, acknowledging and, and saying, all right, um, you know, there's still things that are going to have to be improved. Like, we, we talked about this beforehand. If they go out and just blow them out offensively, does it mean everything is fixed on that side of the ball? Obviously not. But, um, you know, we didn't know if they would actually go do this either. So, you know, I, I think we need to, to give some credit as far as that goes. And, you know, I, I don't know if we can say they found their identity from a season big picture standpoint, but I think they went into this game with an identity. They knew what they wanted to do. They executed it. Um a little more under center off top, a little more two tight ends, and, and there are tight ends that are more kind of blocking-based, I thought. And uh, they gave the ball to one and, and let him go to work, which I, I thought was um, was just really, really good to see and great for him as well. Yeah, Preston said the best game plan he thought Marcus Satterfield had going into a game since Florida last year. I think I think that's fair. Um, it, and I just want to say, to reiterate that, if, the, if there was a game ball to go out for this game, I know Marshawn had a great one, but I would give it to Marcus Satterfield. Yeah, kept it simple. Carolina it simple. trailing at two different points in the first half and still stuck with what was working offensively. Um, I also thought that maybe one other thing that I learned, and again, it's a horrible defense, but Christian Beal Smith, who was, I, I think he was kind of expected to be an or with Marshawn, essentially, or, or kind of a 1B to his 1A missed the first couple weeks of the season with injury, uh, not only ran the ball well, but the the block that I mentioned just looked like he gave Carolina uh, a, a different dimension a little bit offensively. So I expect to see him used a little bit more in the offense as it progresses, especially, again, if they want to stay big, if they want to run 22, and you've got a proven blocker and, and a bigger body in there with Christian to go with like a Stogner and a Bell or Atkins or whoever you're running, like I think Carolina has some... I think maybe they they gave themselves some looks to say, okay, maybe this is really what you can do running the football. We didn't really learn. We talked about this going into the game, right? The only thing we'd really, really learn about the offense is if they struggled, that we would know Mm -hmm. that that does not bode well for the rest of the season. So we still don't know. We don't know how effective they can be against Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee. We don't know yet. They've still got to go out and show that. But I do think we saw a few little things in there, and – we did see maybe, I don't know if it's what this offense's identity, so to speak, is, but what maybe what it should be or what it could be. And that is they do need to find a way to take the pressure off having to go hit a third and 12 or having Spencer Rattler go out there and be special and make a bunch of special throws in a game to keep pace. They need him to be able to do that. But I know Wes has said before the season, they need to give him something in the run game. So, did they find something 
where even against Charlotte, you can go back and look and say, we did this pretty well. Let, let's go do this, yeah, against SC State. But can we go do this against Kentucky um, and the rest of the conference slate once once the schedule hits? Um, maybe so um, in, in terms of just being able to have an effective run game, take some pressure off Spencer Rattler. And I do think, to your point, that CBS being back, being healthy, being able to be integrated in this offense, I think is a pretty important storyline because he's a different type of back than Marshawn. He can be a short yardage type of guy. Uh, he's a really good blocker. Um, we saw that, you know, the, the clip y'all were talking about where he's blocking guys downfield, but also just sitting in the pocket and blocking blitzers or mm-hmm. helping chip defensive ends. That's something that the staff has been high on him uh, because he did it so much at Wake and, and showed proved himself to be pretty good there. Good performance. Did what they needed to do. Better than some people expected. Now you got to build on it. What does that mean? Um, the, the one thing and the one big unanswered question, you know, Carolina and the rest, after SEC, the rest of the games that they're going to play, six more SEC teams and Clemson. They're going to get off schedule in those games. And to me, that's been the biggest question for Marcus Satterfield. When he's had a good game plan and when it's worked from the jump, like the Florida game, like the North Carolina game, like this game, things have gone well. Makes sense because your game plan's working. It's when Carolina has gotten off schedule. Shane Beamer mentioned this. All the coaches have talked about this. When you get off schedule, what happens? But I, I, I wonder how much this was a game plan designed specifically for a smaller Charlotte team, West that Carolina should have been able to to push around and and how much do you think this was Marcus Satterfield saying here's what we want to do let's rep it and basically no matter how it goes we're just going to to run until we've established the run yeah I, I mean I think maybe a little bit of both but I, I think a big part of it was just um you know that that's what you could do against these guys they really struggled defensively throughout the year they've struggled with missed tackles I think and you know you kind of sit there and say much like we were sitting there from the Carolina perspective let's say the Arkansas game, how much of the missed tackles was, you know, these Arkansas players are really good. How much of it is, you know, the South Carolina defense struggling? I I think with Charlotte, you look at it, you say, excuse me, this is Marshawn Lloyd kind of getting into a rhythm and and actually kind of being able to go out there. I I thought he ran with as, um, as accurate a vision as we have seen him since he got here. Like he kind of settled into the game. But then there were some missed tackles where, you know, he just bullied their defenders that you probably don't do that against uh, bigger, stronger SEC defenders. So I think you're not going to be able to have that specific game plan to where even, I mean, even if they were kind of off schedule and in a second long, they knew they could just run the football and get it back. Mm -hmm. You can't necessarily do that against SEC teams, but maybe some variation of what we saw, like, this sort of commitment to the run, but with a little more play action, a, a few more downfield throws, trying to, you know, spread the field a little bit more vertically. Um, you know, I, I think we maybe saw part of the blueprint, but just saying, you know, we're literally just, if everything goes wrong, we're just going to get back to the run. Um, I don't think that necessarily works, but it was just kind of a glimpse of, of what they could want to do down the stretch. Well, and I guess, unfortunately, if you're a South Carolina fan, this weekend will not, the be, will not be the weekend where that's necessarily tested. You'll have to wait one more week probably to, to Kentucky to see just how much South Carolina has learned about itself, at least internally, in uh, these last couple of weeks. But 803-404-6100, any thoughts that you have, a reaction or just anything that you feel like you learned 
about South Carolina as they beat Charlotte 56-20 to on Saturday. We'd love to hear from you guys in the Love Chevy phone line or in the text line. And all of us are available for you on Twitter, at Pearson Fowler, at Coach P Tweets, at West Mitchell GC, and at GC Chris Clark. A little good, bad, the ugly. A few more thoughts on Carolina Charlotte next. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Monday morning and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris here with you in the Herndon Chevy Studios of 107.5 The Game talking Carolina, Charlotte, South Carolina winning convincingly 56-20. to What can we learn, if anything? We said last week it would be hard to know exactly what to take away from this game, but we'll still do our best here on a reaction Monday. Uh, before we get back into that, though, want to let you know that Integrated Media is one of the terrific sponsors of the Gamecock Central Hour. Pearson, I know you said that your weekend, from a sports standpoint, was not great. Terrible, in fact. Yeah, you didn't have a lot of results that went your way. But you did watch those games, right? You followed them. You watched them. You had your tablet. You had your phone. You had your TVs. I'm sure you had multiple TV devices. You know it. All sorts of things going on. So you could keep up with all the action. There were a lot of really good games this weekend. And I was having trouble keeping them up because I was not at my house Mm. for those. If I was at my house... I would have easily been able to keep up because integrated media has been to my home. They can help you with your setup. Make sure that you can keep up this season with all the football action. You got other sports. Uh, if 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 they do the annoying Aaron Judge cut-ins uh, as he chases after the seventh highest home run total ever, um, and you maybe want to flip the channel or you want to have another TV going, the shade. Call the guys at integrated media, Michael and Nathan, those guys. Go to integratedmediainc.com, that's I-N-C, integratedmediainc.com to see what they can do for you. Give them a call, also 803-948-8327. You can, if you go to their website at integratedmediainc.com, you can check out their email list, sign up with your first and last name, your email, your birthday. You can receive their latest deals, offers, and tips, whether you need uh, internet, uh, make sure your signal strength's good enough wireless speakers, home security, anything that you need from an audiovisual tech standpoint in your home, give the guys at Integrated Media a call, 803-948-8327. Real quick, text here. Says the great Hall of Famer, Mr. Preston Thorne, knows sports and could describe and explain ultimate perspectives on our football team better than anyone else because he is a former mighty fighting Gamecock football player who loves U of SC and great Gamecock Nation forever to thee. So I just wanted to pass that compliment on. Oh, man, I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what is your ultimate perspective on this football team right now? I said aggressive shoulder strokes. I don't know how eloquent that was <laughs> yes. earlier. That's good. After, <laughs> after that, yeah. um, going back to our from, from last year, we said we were gathering data. Mm-hmm. Still gathering data. I would like to see them put together another dominating performance this week. Another dominating performance on offense with a similar game plan that we can sort of look and see like, okay, this is who this team is trying to be. Now let's see if that holds up against mm-hmm. the rest of the rest of the year. But I would say overall, if I had to give a definitive answer, I'm not sure if this team is a good team yet, mm-hmm. but there is some reason for some possible optimism. Okay. So that's what, that's what I thought you were going to say. And now is the important question. We've sort of talked about this before in the building. 
How much does reality matter? Great question. As in reality of we just beat a team that was way inferior to us in talent and we mm-hmm. probably shouldn't be feeling this great. Is that what you're getting yeah, at? Yeah, as in Shane Beamer, Marcus Satterfield, Clayton White, all the coaches. Hey, defense, look at that. You're right back to where you were last year, forcing these turnovers, three of them. Keep doing that. Hey, offense, he scored 56.6 rushing touchdowns. We can do that every game. How much of a player's mental state is about the reality and how much of it is is you kind of pitching whatever future of the team? It's all about pitching and selling it's all about pitching and selling, and are they gonna are they buying it? From what I hear from the players, it seems like they're almost direct mouthpieces of the coaches, whether <laughs> yeah. that's real or not. I'm just gonna assume that it is real and that they are buying what the coaches are selling them. So, yeah, that might be the, that might be the pitch for them this week. Hey, we're we're back on track. This is what we're capable of. Let's continue this forward momentum. We got another opportunity to improve, get mm-hmm. better, et cetera, et cetera, before uh, going into the heart of our schedule. Yeah. So. That could be something that's being sold over there. Like, momentum is a real thing yes. in sports. Confidence is a real thing in sports. And I think football, it maybe doesn't get... Like, baseball is such a confidence sport. Like, if you have confidence, you're going to go up there and you're going to hit the baseball. If you don't think you're going to go get a hit, you're not going to get a hit. People don't talk about it in football as much because I think it's more physical, maybe less mental on the surface. No, it's exactly what I was going to... That's what I was getting at. Because largely, football is not a... A, a skill sport mm. and I think a lot of times your skill sports is where those fine motor skills come into momentum and if a, one little thing is off everything can be off football you can will your way towards success but you have to be feeling sort of good about yourself in order to get that done and if you don't feel good then that extra play or that extra step you might you might not take so I don't know whether that you you feel better about that but I, Football is not largely a skill sport. Mm. So it's, it's, it, it really does probably boil down to more how you feel about yourselves and are you going to be able to do what you want to go out and do. Yeah. It feels like this game might mean more to the people in the building right now, though, than anybody else, including the fans who undoubtedly enjoyed watching Carolina score 56. But you're the coaching staff. You're like the last three weeks. I imagine it was hard to keep saying, trust the process, trust the process, trust the process, because you got trounced by Georgia and you got beaten pretty convincingly by Arkansas. Now you can at least say, trust the process. I'll add to that. Also, it's good to be rewarded for your hard work. Right. And what makes football different than all those other sports is there's only seven games left at this point. Mm-hmm. And so even if it's, uh, as fans, we may look at it as we're looking to Kentucky, we're looking towards whatever. There really are no throwaway games in football because you don't get very many opportunities. As cliche as it sounds, you've, you only get – 12 chances to put the uniform on and and run out there in front of all those people. So the chances of you taking a game lightly or not uh, celebrating a victory is is a little bit less in football. Right. 803-404-6100. Before we go out to the Love Chevy phone line, I want to remind you to join Tommy Moody and Justin Hall every Friday night from 9 a.m. until midnight for the high school football scoreboard show scores, stats, and postgame interviews with coaches from all over the state. So if you are a fan of high school football, the high school football scoreboard show here on 107.5 The Game every Friday from 9 to midnight with Tommy and Justin is the place to be. 803-404-6100. Jay is on the Love Chevy phone line and wants to talk about the game Saturday. What's up, Jay? Hey, uh, I wasn't able to watch the first half, but I did listen on the radio to Todd and Tommy. And um, 
I'm glad I wasn't able to watch it because I would have probably burned everything I had if I'd have watched that first half. It, it just seems like to me uh, a team like Charlotte coming in, you know, they're going to run the ball, and we weren't. They were able to spread us out and just run the ball, and that's that's a real concern. I know we got a lot of injuries, but still, you would think uh, the talent that we do have, we would be able to stop the run a lot easier. So that's a concern, but. You know, looking back at what the season's gone so far, we had an okay game against Georgia State. We really showed some fight at the end of the Arkansas game. Georgia, we didn't get off the bus, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, You know, I still don't know what we are, but I still think we're trying to work on our scheme. But just one thing that kind of caught me, I think it was Tommy that said it on the call. You know, he said he didn't want to be negative, but he said at times he don't know what we're doing. Um, that's a concern uh, when someone who's got much experience with football as Todd and Tommy don't seem to know what we're doing after watching as many games as they've seen so far. So uh, let's continue to put another game together, working out some kinks, and get ready to play a pretty good SEC schedule. So thanks, guys. All right, thanks for the call, Jay. Uh, I mean, Saturday, well, I would say for most of the last 17 games, I think it's it's fair to say you don't know what the team was doing. I think, again, credit where credit's due. Marcus Satterfield and the offensive staff seem to know exactly what they wanted to do from the word go Saturday. Um, so I, I didn't, if, if those are your over like overarching feelings about the offense this year, I think I'm still justified, but Saturday they, they knew exactly what they wanted to do and they did it from the word go. Yeah, they did. I mean, it was run the football, uh, add, add an extra tight end to the field and jump and, over people. Yeah. Let's establish the run and, and sort of let that be the identity for at least this game. Um, you know, and, and I would say, Jay, you can you can pick on the defense for the, the first half performance, but it wasn't really, uh, I know you say you didn't get to watch it, it, was, it wasn't really in the running game that they were struggling. It was actually a lot of big plays in the passing game, uh, several uh, defensive pass interferences on plays down the field, and, and really Chris Reynolds just um, finding a way to make some, some really impressive passes. And as the game went on second half, they sort of shut that down, got more pressure on him forced him into some mistakes and were able to actually take advantage of him. So a little bit different in how it happened defensively in the first half, um, you know, than than maybe what you got listening to it on the radio. But, um, yeah, I think, like Pearson said, that is a valid thing to say about the offense in general if you want to kind of talk big picture. But I don't know, Monday after what we saw on Saturday, um, you know, it's not quite as – uh, timely, I guess. Yeah, I mean, defensively, th- there were a couple. I mean, Charlotte scored on the first couple drives, which is obviously disappointing. They got gashed some. I think some of the things that, that South Carolina struggled with early, they were able to clean up. I mean, one of the things, and Beamer mentioned this, they were getting pressure in the first half. They were actually a little bit more aggressive on defense even than I anticipated. They they were sending pressure early and often. And Reynolds, again, he's a very savvy six-year guy. And he was able to spin out or just buy a little bit of time. Beamer noted that they weren't rushing to the right, the correct shoulder, and so he was able to to spin out a couple times. Wow! Um, Preston nailed that. You weren't even you weren't even referencing Shane's thing. There we you go. Yeah. So he was able to Put spin out a payroll. couple times. There you go. Um, and look, I mean, one of the drives they had the very questionable Cam Smith PI. Yeah. Um, it, not that. Look, you should still be able to stop. It's Charlotte, like Chris but. Silva territory with him a little bit too, <laughs> where it's just like his yeah. reputation precedes him as being a physical corner. So you just flag the stuff. ref looks and like who's that? oh nine yells star flag. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. broke it up. And and DQ Smith had 
I believe it's DQ. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but he he broke up a pass, made a nice play. Probably should have been a pick on either oh, yeah, the first yeah. or second drive as well, and they ended up going down and scoring, and, and they cleaned it up. But, I mean, Charlotte had, for the game, I mean, they had 79 rushing yards. Yeah, 2.7 2.7 to carry. So the rushing attack wasn't a problem. And I think, I don't know, for me, it was it was not, like, frustrating or surprising to watch because I fully expected that to happen early. Like, I knew Charlotte was going to move the ball. I did not think that South Carolina was going to, completely shut them down. The, I think the most disappointing part was not being able to finish a couple of potential sacks early and then the screen game. Charlotte, yeah. quite frankly, just had their way early on the screen game with South Carolina with some of the creative things, and, and especially on third down or second long, they were able to to really exploit them there. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. It was just it was death by screen. Screens have been... A real sticking point, I imagine, for South Carolina fans because the offense seems to have been unable to set them up for like 10 years now, and opposing offenses seem to have a lot of success against Carolina's defense with screens. So that was that was probably not fun to watch if you're a, a fan in the stands on Saturday. I do want to come back around at the defense. So Preston and I talked about this a lot in the 10 o'clock hour because I think there is a disparity between the excellent numbers that the defense didn't allow and maybe a little bit of the eye test, especially early. So we'll circle back around to the defensive performance for South Carolina. And, Wes, can we get a recap on buy or sell? We can. I have the accurate results this time. Good, yeah. After after the Georgia game, Wes threw his whole laptop away just to avoid <laughs> not having to reveal the buy or sell. I dug result. it out, though. We'll see okay. how everybody did on buy or sell after last week. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 11.36, Monday morning, and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Wes, Preston, Chris. Here with you in the Herndon Chevy Studios of 107.5 The Game. Talking Carolina and Charlotte. Uh, dig into the disparity, in my opinion at least, between the eye test of the defense and some very impressive numbers that they didn't give up against a Charlotte team that as bad as they are defensively has been a pretty decent team offensively uh, when they've had their starting quarterback, Chris Reynolds, which they did on Saturday. But before we get into that, one of the other great sponsors of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour are the folks at Gamecock Moving who can help moving not be as much of a nightmare as it normally is. Yeah, give uh, those guys a shout, 803-814-3569. If you don't like to talk on the phone, you can just text them or go online, GamecockMoving.com. They have residential and commercial moving services, licensed, bonded, and insured. They're able to help you move anywhere in the state of South Carolina, or they can assist if you're moving out of state. Uh, They offer wire-to-wire services, packing, moving, unpacking if you want. They are locally owned and operated since 2017, and they have discounts for Prisma Health employees, any college students, not just USC, all active duty military personnel, or what you really need to know is just tell them that you heard about them right here on the GC Takeover Hour on 107.5. They'll give you a discount for that as well. Uh, they treat their belongings as if they were their own. All their guys are trained, W-2 employees. They have a two-hour minimum on all moves. Uh, but like I said before, if you are moving, they can do as little or as much as you want. So they will quite literally pack up your entire house put it on a truck gently, and then unpack it at your new home. Gamecockmoving.com. Very good. All right, so guys, the defensive performance. We uh, had a caller in the last segment talking about Carolina getting pushed around on the line of scrimmage. And, Chris, you mentioned that the numbers wouldn't indicate that. 2.7 yards of carry. Y'all are both looking confused right now. I have to say, 
I kind of felt like I agreed with the caller. It felt like Charlotte was getting a little bit of push up front early in that game. And when I look, y'all are right that obviously most of the damage was coming in the passing game, but here are Charlotte's two scoring drives. Um, they had a five-yard run on a second and six. They had a 14-yard run on a third and one. They had a three-yard run on a first and goal from the six. Um, in the next drive, they had a seven-yard run on second and ten. They had a three-yard run on first and ten. Um, there was, oh, excuse me, in the, in the third possession, because they only had three possessions in the first half, a 10-yard run on first and 10, a one-yard run on second and 10, uh, an eight-yard run on first and 10, a three-yard run on second and two, a three-yard run on first and 10. So they had success at times. It's not like Carolina was getting whooped, but it felt like there was a little bit more push than there should have been. And maybe I was looking for it because that's an area where Carolina has struggled so far this season. Like you said, ultimately it didn't matter. It, 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 you know, you average 2.7 yards of carry for the entire game. But I'm guessing by your confused looks, y'all did not have the same experience watching Carolina's defensive front early in that game. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't, it just didn't feel that way to me. Now, maybe I um, maybe have a little uh, bias in that I just watched the second half right before I came over here, mm-hmm. and they were just completely shutting Charlotte down, at least when it was still first team versus first team. So, um yeah, they they did give up a few more chunk plays in the running game than you probably would like in the first half. Um, you know, it just it felt to me more like the big plays were coming in the passing game. They were playing a lot of man coverage and either just getting beat on uh, designs that were to beat man coverage or just getting called by PI. I mean, um, four of them in the game, I think, right? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. I mean, I think Cam had one, Marcellus Dial had one. Um, there was a DQ Smith one, I think, that ended up going for a touchdown anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that there were several in the first half, and it was it was like they just couldn't quite cover them, honestly. And um, you know, I, I think when when the pass rush started getting there a little bit better in the second half, that that kind of shut that down. But I, I thought they played the run a lot better in the second half as well. Like they, I don't I don't know what the totals were in the second half, but it just felt like there were no chunk runs for Charlotte in the second half. Right. So so how do you reconcile that, Chris? Because the number, I asked you guys on Friday, if Carolina could give up like 400 yards of offense to Charlotte but force three turnovers or give up 300 yards and have no turnovers. And we laughed, and like, oh, both. Well, they did that. 292 total yards for Charlotte. They forced three turnovers. And yet, Charlotte had their way with South Carolina for most of the first half. They didn't score on the last possession, but even still had a nice, you know, reasonable drive going nine plays, 34 yards. South Carolina shut them down in the second half, but a lot of that was due to turnovers. So where do you, are, are you experiencing the same cognitive dissonance as I am, where the numbers for the defense were really impressive, but the eye test did not match that, in my opinion? I mean, you do have to factor in, okay, you know, the defense is getting turnovers, but it's kind of a dangerous game to play. So, well, if they didn't have those turnovers, Charlotte would probably move the ball. You, you can't really do that, I don't think. And I think you factor in, too, that I mean, South Carolina – going back to what Clayton White said last week, teams don't just hand you the ball. So a lot of times when you're getting turnovers, the reason that South Carolina has not gotten as many turnovers this year is because they have not put enough pressure on the opposing offense to force them into bad plays. We did a whole segment on that last week. There are very few plays that you can go back and think of, okay, well, the defensive line did this, you force a bad throw, you end up having an opportunity to pick a ball off. They did more of that. And a lot of it related to pressure i mean there was one i I mean one i'm thinking of off the top of my head is chris reynolds has he's backing up throwing off his back foot he has to rush to throw because 
I think it was Bam Martin Scott comes on a blitz. He's right in his face. And so he has to rush it, throws it kind of high and behind the receiver. Receiver can't come up with it, and defense gets a pick. That's kind of an earned play for me. That's mm-hmm. the same as stopping a guy for a tackle for loss. So, um, I, I mean, I do think part of it when when you look of, oh, they struggled so bad in the first half. I think they struggled for two drives. The first two drives, that was obviously not good enough. Nobody's happy with that. Uh, but I think just how the game played out, you know, they, they scored on those first two drives. They did have their way with Carolina. After that, Carolina had their way with them. You know, and I think ultimately putting it all together is kind of about what I expected. I thought South Carolina would be able to finally get some turnovers and be positive in that column, which they barely were because they had um, a couple turnovers late, but they were inconsequential. Um, they were able to not really give up much in the run. They were able to force some mistakes for Charlotte, and they gave up some plays, but largely were able to control things. They gave up 171 yards in the first two drives to Charlotte, and then yeah. they gave up 121 yards in the next nine drives. Stat of the day. So, yeah, I guess so. Um, again, like you want, you, it's good to see a coordinator that can either adjust or a position, you know, just a group that can settle themselves down. I don't know who, I guess everybody gets the credit for things getting better, but this has also been a trend. Arkansas scored a touchdown on their first three drives of the game. Georgia. Didn't score on their first three drives, but it was three straight drives, I believe, in the first half. They scored a touchdown. Charlotte started the game by scoring two straight long touchdown drives. And these aren't just busted plays on the back end. This is, you know, Preston, when does the thing become a thing? Good question. Good question. Unfortunately, we're not going to find out again for another for another week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, It's just a matter of getting getting sort of the pressure off you because – the first drive where offensively, we're going back to offense, the first drive when you don't score a touchdown on the first drive, everybody, oh, here we go again. That's not <laughs> yeah. that's not that's not how football goes. Yeah. Like even if you, you can have a very successful drive and just sort of stall out sometimes, especially on offense when one person can make a mistake. And again, I've been critical of the offense as much as anybody. But I, I will give them a pass on that. But you do need you do need to be able to stop people on defense early. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I'm 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 talking myself into this as I'm saying this conversation. You can afford to start slow on offense. You cannot afford to start slow on defense because a slow start on defense equals points, and then we're behind. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that the offense gets a pass, but sometimes you might need to feel feel your way around, whatever, whatever. But defense, you need to start off stopping yeah. them because every play could be a scoring opportunity. Well, Wes, this is where the idea of complementary football is interesting. I heard somebody suggest, and I don't remember where I saw this, that part of the defense's improvement in the second half was because the offense was continuing to fire on all cylinders. Yeah, this, as I said, it may be like one of those Captain Obvious things, but um, if you think about it, I mean, football, you have, we, we like to be like, you know, as fans, we might be like, oh, they, just talking about the team, they didn't play well or they're not playing well. Well, your defense and your offense are, it it might as well be a different sport. Like they're two literally completely different units. And if you start a game slow on offense, but your defense is playing well, you sort of settle into the game, and you know nobody's really complaining quite as much. Um, on the other hand, you might start slow on defense, but if your offense is scoring and it's fourteen to fourteen at the end of the first quarter, everybody's like, all right, you know we're playing pretty mm-hmm. well, we're hanging in there. When really one side of the ball is not playing very well at all. Yeah. However, the thing you can't do 
is have both of them <laughs> start slow. Correct. Yeah. And then you're down 21 to nothing. Right. And it's like, you know, as I say it, it's like, well, duh. But if you think about it, like how, how many games have play, have been like 0-0 zero, zero at the end of the first quarter? Oh, and they're just feeling each other. Kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, defense is right. struggle, right? Yeah. We're all right. And how many have been? You know, 14 and 14. Oh, it's a shootout. Oh, man, they're hot. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. um, the, the problem with South Carolina has been they've had too many games where it's just been both sides. Mm-hmm. And But, you know, some of that, I, I don't know that Arkansas was doing anything differently to South Carolina's defense than what they did, like, the entire game. Like, that was, you know, Georgia sort of scored at will for most of that game. It wasn't. Oh, it was a slow start by the defense. That was just kind of what Georgia did to them right. throughout and the does contest. Everybody except for Kent State. Yeah, which is very weird. Um, I did want to throw this stat in there too. Defensively, Charlotte started seven for seven on third down conversions against the South Carolina defense, but finished eight for fourteen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so seven for seven, six. then one for seven, or one of the last seven. Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, I, I don't. I don't think it was just turnovers. Like Chris said, the turnovers were forced, which I think is a very different thing than just, oh, that guy made a terrible read mm. or something and throws it right to you. Um, so that it, it was decidedly different for the defense after the half, I yeah. feel like. Preston, I saw you chuckle. Is is that the uh, equivalent of winning the fourth quarter? No, it's not. It's not. It's, okay. re- it's really not. Okay. I just I think I'm just a little bit higher on uh, Will Healy and the, and the office uh, staff. Yeah. I just thought they were – they were pitching a great game early. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just, a, I, I like, when you hear, when I hear that number, that sounds terrible, but I just think they made some calls that were uh, mm-hmm. excellent early in that game. Yeah. Credit where credit's due, and you got to be doing something right to get all of, all of your first seven third downs, even if it is a detriment to the defense. It's a credit to the offense, I think, as well. Uh, 803-404-6100. Last chance to get your thoughts in on a reaction Monday. We will also recap buy or sell from Friday coming up next. Also, would like to give you all an opportunity if you want to go see South Carolina take on SC State this Saturday. It is a noon kick. Um, if you want to go and you need some tickets, we have them for you. Call right now, 803-404-6100. Be caller number six in the Love Chevy phone line, 803-404-6100. And I'll give you a pair of tickets to go see South Carolina take on SC State this weekend. Good luck. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 11.52 Monday morning and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Just a couple minutes left here on a reaction Monday. Congratulations to Patrick. Won a pair of tickets to go see South Carolina take on SC State this weekend. And want to remind you to listen to 107.5 The Game all football season long for the Carolina Honda Powerhouse Gamecock Ticket give, uh, Giveaway. Carolina Honda Powerhouse is your source for Honda Power Sports. That's carolinahonda.com. Um, all right. As we wrap things up here, we play Buy or Sell on Friday, as we do. Uh, we have a sponsor for Buy or Sell as well. The West can tell us about in just a minute. But how we do? Well, um, Let's see. South Carolina will score six touchdowns. Everybody's sold. Oh, let's give us a buzzer. Okay. South Carolina has more yardage than Charlotte. Bye, bye, bye. Pearson sold. I sold? Yes. Give yourself the buzzer. Be fair. South Carolina has 200 and 75 passing yards. 
I sold Pearson bought Preston bought. Chris has no idea if he bought or sold. Preston. He sold. Yeah. Is that the one I skipped him on? Yeah. Yes. Wait, it is. you you sold, I bought, Preston bought bought and Chris I sold. 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 Okay. So that's split down the middle. But I'm owing three though. Yes, you are. Okay. Oh, that was it? That was, the only that three? was it. Okay. Um cool. Good job. Wait, who won? Preston. Good job. No one bought six touchdowns. It's not even a lot. Yeah. Sorry. It is what it is. Hey, at least we all kind of stuck with our score predictions. Chris's was close. Um, what was your final score prediction on Central? 40 to 17. 40 to 17, wow. I wasn't as great, so I think I had them at like 35. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think, oh, I guess I had the highest score prediction of the four of us. I thought Carolina was score 45, which they did, and then a few more. So interesting. Um, all right. Uh, the sponsor of Buy or Sell is yesterday. Kendall Walsh of the Moore Company, um, an excellent realtor, a good friend of mine. She helped me and my fiance buy a home. Uh, she can do the same for you. Uh, 803-414-3590. Uh, give her an email, workwithwalsh at gmail.com. You can find her on Twitter or Instagram. That's at workwithwalsh. Um, you may already know Kendall. She used to be Kendall Belk. She worked for the Gamecock Club, a huge Gamecock fan. And again, she can help walk you through this process. It is uh, wild out there right now. I know um, folks are kind of a little bit weary of the home buying process right now. Uh, just give Kendall a call. She'll help you out, walk you through this process just like she did for me. And uh, I promise you, it'll be okay. 803-414-3590. All right, very good. Um, so Preston said aggressive shrug. Um, it seems like the three of us, kind of same thing. Any other, like, big reactions it's like any takes that have been burning a hole in your chest since saturday night no i just my my final take is happy for marshawn lloyd and i think we saw we saw what he is capable of and i I think he he found a rhythm which is something i don't know if we've seen him be able to do yet and we saw all year long several just um oh that was close or he almost broke that he almost broke that off he got tripped up and uh, we saw him actually be able to kind of finish those runs off on Saturday. Yeah, re- related to that, I have a stat question to see what y'all think. See if you can get this right. Marshawn Lloyd, he obviously, like Wes said, he burst, broke a bunch of tackles. Mm-hmm. Great game. Anybody have guesses? Number of forced missed tackles, number of yards after contact for Marshawn Lloyd in the game. Any guesses? Does the hurdle count as a missed tackle? I hope so. Or a forced missed tackle? Yeah, I guess You would so. think. How many total yards did he have? Will you give us that? He had 169 total yards. Yep, that's right. I bet... I bet 75 of them came after contact on six broken tackles. Preston? Ten broken tackles. 70 yards. Okay. Wesley? <laughs> Are, is he in they trouble? took some good ones. Um <laughs> I'm going to say 12 broken tackles. Probably a little steep, but we'll see. Um, He had a lot of of yards before he got touched. It's over 9,000! I think they're about right on the the yardage, so I'll I'll say 80. All right. 13 forced missed tackles. Wow. PFF. 104 yards after contact. And that's a Carolina! Four down! 
you know, nobody was happier to see a big Marshawn game than I was. Chris was on. so happy. I was so happy. <laughs> just, just give that man the rock and let him work. He did it on Saturday, albeit against a terrible Charlotte team. We'll see if they can keep that momentum going. Uh, speaking of momentum, that is the end of our momentum here. We'll try to carry it over until tomorrow. Appreciate you guys uh, listening, as always, being a part of the show. The Halftime Show is coming up next, and we will talk to you tomorrow. There are about a million podcasts about money, but Bad With Money with Gabby Dunn is the one where finances meet social justice. We're going to make Mal play games on the internet that were designed to teach people about money, and we're going to see if they actually teach people about money. Can you set up what the stock market game was? It's just the stock market, but it's not real money. And the things that they chose to make real, I this makes no sense. Like They were like, you can't trade after hours. And I was like, this isn't real. Bad With Money. Listen, wherever you get your podcasts. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.